One of the most well-known ways to save for college nowadays is the 529 account. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were first reading about 529 accounts and trying to decide if we wanted to use one, we were very against it. Yeah. I know I was very against it. Would you say you were very against it as well? I was very against it. And I think that one of the reasons why I was very against it is because it applies a lot of constraints to you, right? At, at least it did at the time. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But at the time, you know, when we were researching it, it's like you can only use this for school. You can only use this for higher education or, or other kinds of schooling. And, you know, like there are all these rules and restrictions and, and that just did not sit well with me. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. What's up, guys? Welcome to Black and Brown Make Green. I'm Natasha. And I'm Damien. And I graduated from college debt free. I did not have any student loans or credit card debt when I graduated. And it's one of the things that I have been most grateful for as an adult. And a huge part of that is due to my parents supporting me and being able to pay for a lot of my college themselves, along with some other funding that I got. But I really want to talk about how we're saving for our kids college, because I think it's important. It is important. And I want to start with you, Damien, with your story of how was your college paid for? What was college like for you once you got out? So first of all, let me back up to before college. Let, let me back up to high school and talk about the FAFSA application. Mm. What remember, was that like for you? That? Yeah, I remember doing it with my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember doing it with my parents, too. And I sat there and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I was applying for scholarships. My parents were helping me. I was so confused. I had no idea what was going on. Luckily, my parents were my lifeline like yours were mm -hmm. because I also had that same experience. My, my college was paid for by my parents. And I mean, to be honest, that's like the best gift that I think that anybody could have given me. I agree. I think it's definitely been something that I have been most grateful for, like I already said. But let's talk about this FAFSA that you just mentioned. What was it like when you filled out the FAFSA? You know, to be honest, I don't remember much about it other than sitting in my room, having to ask my parents for help pretty, pretty frequently. Because it asked all about their information. It was like, how much money do you have saved in your savings account and all these different questions. That's the one that I remember <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when I was sitting down with my dad and filling that out. What happened when you filled out your FAFSA? Because, you know, the FAFSA, it, it determines what you're eligible for. Like if you're eligible for student loans or for a work study or if you're eligible for grants. So what came about your FAFSA application? You know, I honestly don't remember. It's been a long time. But I can tell you this. I was a valedictorian in my class, so I got a year's worth of tuition paid for in the state of Texas. Okay, valedictorian. <laughs> <laughs> I just toot my horn a little bit. No, but seriously, I, I did get my tuition paid for for the first year. But then every subsequent year, I didn't get it paid for. I didn't get it renewed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get a lot of scholarships either. I remember applying for a lot of scholarships early on. And I guess I didn't meet the requirements or I didn't uh, I didn't uh, write a convincing essay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I didn't get those scholarships. So, you know, my parents came in and they did help me. I remember there was a Coca-Cola scholarship that I applied for. Yeah. I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I just remembered that. It just popped into my head. I remember when I filled out the FAFSA, one of the things I was granted was a be on time loan. And that's actually a a student loan that I did graduate with. So I I had debt when I graduated from from college, but it was the be on time loan debt. And that was forgiven because I met the requirements of the loan, which was to graduate on time within four years and then to graduate with a 3.0 or higher GPA. So I didn't have to pay that back. It was forgiven. That was the only loan that I had received. But. I did have a couple of small scholarships, at least that first year, I remember. Maybe another one the second year from like the Chamber of Commerce and some other local scholarships from my hometown. But just like you, I didn't get a lot of scholarships. I feel like I was looking for them, but I couldn't find them or I just wasn't good at it. Yeah, same here. And you have to you have to recall the times, right? Like it was before the day of the Internet. So you couldn't just go out and search for you know, something and, and have it pop up in front of your face. You really had to dig. Mm-hmm. All right. So you had your college tuition paid for mostly by your parents. I had my college tuition paid for mostly by my parents. We met each other and we started dating and then we got married and we didn't have any of that debt burden coming from college. Right. Mm-hmm. And that has been a godsend. That's been a boon to our ability to save our ability to grow our capital and Our parents gifted us that. Mm -hmm. What are we doing for our kids? So I want to back up before I go into what we're doing for our kids, because, yes, I did have my parents helped and they paid for most of everything. And it's not just tuition because tuition was a small part of it. There's also the room and board, which I feel like was more expensive, much more expensive than my tuition back then. But I also wanted to just point out that I funded my college as well by working throughout college Mm -hmm. and then by also having those scholarships. And I think you did the same as well. Did you work when you were in college? Yeah, I actually worked every, I mean, right when I got to Austin, which is where I went to school, I started working maybe two weeks after I got here. I remember the summer after my freshman year, I got an internship at the credit union. And when I returned to school as a sophomore, I was required to purchase a MacBook computer for the program that I was in at at UT. And I was so proud because I had earned enough money over the summer to be able to pay for that computer myself. And I I never really wanted to be asking my parents for a lot of money during school because I knew they were already paying a lot to pay for my school tuition, my books and the fees and my housing. And so I really wanted to work, even though my parents, they didn't really want me to work. But I was like, no, nah, I got to help out. I, I see the yeah. money that's coming out. And I, I felt like I wanted to to help out as well. Yeah. I mean, that's to be honest, like that's the perfect kind of relationship, right? Like you're a responsible young adult and they're trying to push you along in your path. Right. Mm-hmm. And you are both upholding. You're both withholding your part of the bargain. So yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Okay. So now let's jump back forward to what you were asking about how we are saving for, for college. Yeah. So. One of the most well-known ways to save for college nowadays is the 529 account. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were first reading about 529 accounts and trying to decide if we wanted to use one, we were very against it. Yeah. I know I was very against it. Would you say you were very against it as well? I was very against it. And I think that one of the reasons why I was very against it is because it applies a lot of constraints to you, right? At, At least it did at the time. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But at the time, you know, when we were researching it, it's like, you can only use this for school. You can only use this for higher education or, or other kinds of schooling. And, you know, like there are all these rules and restrictions and, and that just did not sit well with me. You know, like I can't assume to say that 
education will exist like it does today in mm-hmm. the future when our kids start going to college. Because in my industry, I see a lot of people that are going through coding boot camps, which is like an atypical, non-traditional schooling route. And these people are having the same, they're applying for the same jobs that people in my position are applying for and they're getting them. And I went the traditional route, right? Like I went the university route and mm-hmm. I have a, a bachelor of science. These people are going, a, you know, the, the non-traditional route and they're at the same place. So like you look at that and say, well, okay, education is changing. Will it continue to change? I definitely agree with what you're saying. And and I wonder, though, how many of those people who don't go the traditional route are the anomaly? Oh, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. Because you hear about people who like I have a neighbor who was just telling me that her husband did not go to college, but he works in the software industry. And I began to wonder, like, how many people actually do that versus the ones who actually go to school? Because we hear that story. But then is the number just like a small amount? I do see. Okay, you you might think that there would just be a handful or a pocket of them. And maybe you've seen just a handful of them. But I've seen a few, right? Like I've seen more than a few to to make it somewhat of a, a burgeoning trend. So I do think it's changing. I do think that education is changing. And to me, that that provides a lot of uncertainty for this sort of thing. And when we're talking about investing lots of money, you know, like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for our kids' education mm-hmm. now and then letting it grow in the future, to me that that was a risk, right? That was something that I that I was uncomfortable with initially when we we're trying to decide, do we need to go the 529 route or, or what other options exist, you know? I know I was definitely put off by that in the beginning when I was looking at 529 accounts as well, because it was like, wait, if you don't use this for college, then if you take the money out, then you're going to have a 10% penalty on the gains. And then you're also going to pay an income tax on that money. And that didn't feel good when I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't want to pay taxes, extra taxes on my money. I don't want to pay this extra penalty on my money. Like, why should I have to pay a penalty for it? Yeah. But... I had to think about what is the purpose of that money. I'm putting this money into this 529 account for the purpose of education for my child, not for any other reason. It's not for retirement. It's not for to help them with their first home. It's literally to help them to get the education they need in order to be successful in their career. And I think once I had that mind shift in my mind of, this is this is the reason for investing this money. Then I was able to say, okay, well, what is the best account if I'm saving money for education? Yeah. And when I looked at all the different options, the five two nine account was the one that seemed to be the best one for the purpose of education. For us. For us. Yeah. Let me give you an analogy too, because it just popped in my head. You know your family home that your grandparents have had forever? And it's been passed down the line. When it comes to your turn to inherit that family home, do you choose to live in the home or do you choose to sell the home? Right. Like that's the that's the option that we were. You better not sell grandma's home. That's the the (laughs) option that we were juggling in our head. Right. Like when you give some something to your children, when you gift it to them, it's 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 theirs. And, And it's theirs to decide how they use it and what they do with it. Yeah, it really becomes their choice. And, you know, we just have to we just have to assume that we're going to relinquish control 
of these accounts. We're going to relinquish control of the money. And it's our gift to our kids to help them in their careers, to help them in their life. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about what the 529 account is for people who may not know what the 529 account is. So the 529 account was designed specifically to be used for tuition and it can be used at a university, at a trade school, at a vocational school. And it, it can be used not just for tuition, but for books, for room and board. And so it's really designed to be used towards schooling. And one of the nice things about the 529 is that they there was a new act that was recently passed called the Secure 2.0 Act. And now all those worries that we had of, oh, if we don't use this money, then we're going to get taxed when we bring it out. We're going to get uh, charged a penalty when we pull it out. That goes away with a for up to $35,000 of the money. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because every single reservation that we had, I think hinged upon us not really being fully committed to, you know, investing in this account with this high amount and kind of just letting that, you know, grow and, and, you know, just like setting it off to sale. And now all of a sudden the rules have changed and it's been recent, right? It's been within the last few months when this uh, this came out. Yeah, so with the, the Secure 2.0 Act, it allows you to be able to make tax-free rollovers into a Roth IRA from your 529. Yeah. So the money that's in your 529 can be rolled over into a Roth IRA for the, the child. And there is a $35,000 lifetime limit currently of how much can be rolled over to an IRA. So if you have more than $35,000 in the account, you can't roll over extra, but that's a really nice perk to be able to roll over that amount because that's a huge chunk of money. Yeah, for sure. And then there's also some other rules around it, such as you can only roll over whatever the limit is for saving in a Roth IRA. So for instance, the limit currently I think is 6,500 per year. So right now, you would only be able to roll over 6500 each year. So if you had 35000 in the account, you'd have to take a couple of years in order to get all of that money rolled over into the Roth IRA. Yeah. But it's still a really nice benefit. Sure. And then another thing is you have to have the account for 15 years in order to start that rollover process. Yeah. So it can't be like, oh, you opened a 529 account when your kid is 15 and then when they're 20, they decided not to go to college and you want to roll it over. Uh-uh, you can't do it. Yeah. According to the rules as they're written right now, you'd have to wait 15 years. Yeah. So so if you're going down this route, the earlier you start, the better because you have more options. And the earlier you get money in there, the longer it has to grow because you're investing that money. And one of the things that we did to fund our kids 529 is that we funded it by using an approach called super funding, where we took a large amount of money and funded it all at once. And uh, we were able to say to the government, we're funding this all at once, but spread it out over the five years. Spread it out as if we're contributing the same amount over the next five years. And that's because there is a gift tax that can be applied to your money once you give over a certain amount. But, you know, I'm getting kind of technical, so let me get away from that. Maybe if you put numbers to it. okay. so like the example is it's not the example. It's the actuality. We gifted our kids fifty thousand dollars and we spread that out over five years. Right. 
And that did not exceed the amount for that gift tax. Yeah. So I think when we did it for Isaiah, the amount you could give is $14,000 as a gift to to someone. And so because we're two people, we would be able to give $28,000, 14,000 for each one of us. So because we did 50,000, that's more than 28,000 in one year. Yeah. And that extra money over 28,000 could be charged a gift tax on it. Mm-hmm. And in order to not be charged that gift tax, the IRS allows you to do this mechanism called superfunding and you have to fill out a certain tax form saying I contributed 50,000 to my kids 529 this year, but I want it to be applied in a way that it's dispersed over five years so that I don't go over this $28,000 limit that's set for the gift tax. Right. So the goal of the game is to avoid having to pay taxes, having to pay any extra fees and still give our kids these gifts that will help them in their life. Yeah. And the 529 is a great way to save for that and avoid taxes because it's a, a tax-free way for, for to save for education. Right. And it's not the only way to save. There are other options. Yeah, there are definitely other options. So one of the options we considered was a brokerage account. Yeah. By investing in a brokerage account. But then once you start thinking about it, okay, if we use a brokerage account, when we take that money out, we're going to have to pay capital gains taxes on that money. If we had just chosen to go with the 529 account, when we take that money out, we're not paying any capital gains taxes because it's being used for education. Right. And so for me, that was one of the reasons why it made more sense to go with the 529 versus the brokerage account, because if it's used for education, we're not paying those capital gains taxes versus if we use the brokerage account for education, we're going to be paying those capital gains taxes. Right. So the name of the game is to understand all these options and to understand the ramifications of them and how they apply to your situation, your personal situation. Mm-hmm. We're telling ours, but yours may be different. And for us, it's been a game of trying to avoid taxes and to still give our kids you know, the, the same thing that we got in a more tax efficient way. Yeah, in the best way possible that benefits us and also benefits them. Yeah, and to be honest, the this brokerage account idea was the one that I really leaned into initially because, you know, I knew how to do that. That's the thing that we'd been doing for a while already. And it seemed like a good idea at the time. And ultimately, you know, like after thinking about it, after mulling it over and discussing it, we, we probably talked about it five times at length each time. And then finally, we came to the conclusion that we're going to do the 529. It definitely took a while. It took a lot of reading on different websites. I even ordered a book and read a book on 529 plans. And and that's what really helped us to make that decision. Yeah. But let me keep going with some of the different options outside of a 529 account. So there's the 529 account. There are brokerage accounts, like I mentioned. But then there are also custodial accounts, which is something we looked into as well. Custodial accounts, there are two different types. There's the UTMA and the UGMA, which uh, if I am remembering correctly, one of them stands for Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. And the other one, the UGMA is Uniform Gifts to Minors Act, 
which is all technical stuff. You know, the IRS has all these different terms anyways. But the custodial account is one that's in the parent's name. But at some point it transfers to the child's name Mm -hmm. and it's taxed in a different way because it's meant for a child, at least for a certain portion of that money. And so a custodial account was another way that we could invest for college. But the great thing about the custodial accounts compared to the 529 is that money could be used for any purpose. Right. It didn't have to be used for education. And so that's why that one was kind of appealing. But again, when it came down to looking at the limits of how much you could invest in there without paying different taxes, the 5291 out again for us. Yeah. And it's it's always this this balance, right? This balancing act, this cost benefit analysis with each of these single things. So there are a lot of decisions to make and each one of these has different criteria. So it's it's tricky. It's difficult. Yeah. And some people may choose one of these other accounts. I've I've heard other people saying that they have the UGMA account for their kids and yeah. and that's what works best for them and and that's what it is. You have to recognize what exists out there and figure out what's best for you and your family situation. Yeah. So one that I remember talking about with a coworker of mine is the Coverdale ESA, yeah. which you don't hear a lot of people talk about nowadays, but the Coverdale ESA is created for people who make a certain amount of money. So it depends on your income level. And I don't know the income level, but you can contribute to it if your income is below a certain amount. But it is limited to being able to contribute $2,000 per year only. Okay. So that one was not a choice for us because we were over the income limit already. And then also we were planning on doing a a higher investment than $2,000 in a year. Yeah. But for someone who knows they're only going to invest about 2000 a year and they're within that income level, the Coverdale ESA may be something that works for them. Right, right. And then there's also bonds, which we have talked about a lot when it comes to inflation. We've talked yeah. about I bonds. We talked about EE bonds. And if you do not remember that episode, I highly suggest it. How to save for inflation. I think it may have been episode five. But I bonds and EE bonds can also be be used for education. Right. And and it can be used at, with the tax free implications. But along with everything else, there are rules and regulations. Yeah. So once you are over a certain income level, those I bonds and EE bonds, you are going to be taxed. So again, for us, did it make sense for our situation? Yeah. But it might make sense for somebody else's. <laughs> so it's really just looking at all, all the different things. And then the last thing was the Roth IRA. Yeah. Roth IRA you can use for a college as well. This is tricky though, because this is something that you usually think is for retirement, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about applying it for a different purpose. Yeah. The Roth IRA could be used for college as well. Yeah. Just like a lot of these other things like I bonds and EE bonds, they're not designed for college, Yeah. but you could still use them for college. And it's really just taking a look at what are the rules and regulations around it? What are the taxes? How does it affect our personal situation? Yeah. And so when we went through all of these different options and compared it to what we're trying to do for our kids, which we would love to give them a debt free degree, that Mm. would be our goal. The best way for us to do that was the 529 route. Right. And the 529 is even more appealing now because we know we can take that money, at least some of it, and roll it over to an IRA, Roth IRA, if they don't use it for college. Right. 
And college is not right for everybody. It's not. That's something that we had to think about. Like, are we willing to invest this money even if our kids don't go to college? Right. Because my brother didn't go to college. He was like, nah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. My sister did and I did, but it wasn't for him. And it's not for everyone. So that's something that you have to be okay with. And for me, I had to think about I had to think about that money as not being our money anymore. Yeah, it's it's our kids. It's like how you were saying earlier, how when you you pass the house along, you pass grandma's house down. Yeah. Well, now it's not grandma's house anymore. So whoever gets the house, it's theirs to choose how to use it. Yeah, they could sell it. They could live in it. Right. And that's how I started thinking about that money that we were saying we we're going to take for our kids and put into a five to nine account. I was like, OK, well, this is the kids money. I'm not planning on using that money for retirement or for purchasing a home or for doing anything else. And so if there's a 10% penalty that I have to pay to get that money back or on the gains rather in order to get that money is almost like bonus money to me because I wasn't expecting to have it anyways. Yeah. So that's kind of how I I played this mind game on myself to be like, hey, you know, it makes sense because of this. This is one of the reasons why it makes sense. And then the laws changed and made it so that the choices that we made didn't quite have the same gravity as they did when we were making them because now we have a lot more options. Yeah. And the laws are always changing. So, so that's something that, you know, you just, you just choose something and go with it. And gratefully the laws change for the better. Yeah. They changed in our favor. So that's a nice thing. So let me quickly recap the options that we had when we were considering this for our kids. The first was the 529 account, which is the one we ended up choosing. The second was a brokerage account, which is, you know, how a lot of people do regular investments. The third was a custodial account. And uh, the ones that we mentioned were the UTMA and UGMA. The fourth was savings bonds. And those are I bonds or EE bonds. The fifth was a Roth IRA. And the sixth was a Coverdell ESA. Yes. And we chose the 529 account, even though at the beginning we were completely against the 529 accounts. And the book that I mentioned earlier that really helped us comes from savingforcollege.com's Complete Guide to 529 Plans. And that book just really had a lot of information that was helpful. They revise it each year and put out a new edition each year to help you know what the rules and regulations around the 529 accounts are, because like we mentioned, those are always changing. But hopefully you have a better idea of the options that exist for Saving for College if you want to save for your kid's college. And if you know someone who is trying to save for college as well, then share this with them. Share this with your friend. Join us for the next one. And let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together.